Hello and welcome to the latest Celtic View podcast, the podcast of the nine in a row champions. I'm Paul Cuddy, the editor of the Celtic View, and I'm delighted to be joined on this episode of the podcast by my Celtic View colleague, Joe Donnelly. And a special guest is the Celtic FC Foundation Chief Executive, Tony Hamilton. Tony, thanks for joining us. And it's nice to see you've got a spotlight shining down on you and all the good work you're doing. It actually follows me around, Paul. This, this <laughs> light, uh, it's, 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 part of the, it's part of the setup here. But thanks for having me on. I decided for this week I would go for some subtle product placement with uh, the new Freshman Lime Green Away top. I have to say, and I've said in the, in the Celtic View, I am in love with this top. And it does take me back, and I'm sure with you as well, Tony, to that wonderful day in 1986 at Love Street. It's just uh, such an iconic, you know, event in our, our Celtic supporting lives. And five minutes into the game last night, I had a bit of a flashback, obviously, when it wasn't gone our way. But, you know, all's well that ends well. So I'm hoping in the back of people, uh, obviously for people who are listening to this podcast, they just have to imagine the fact that I'm wearing this top. But hopefully then people that will see it will, will rush out uh, to the Superstore or online and, and buy it. To, uh, Joe, as always, is... is uh, kitted out in his Adidas gear. Joe, you know, we were talking about, just Tony just briefly mentioned the game at St Mirren Park. It was, a, it was a tough game, but ultimately one that we deserved to win. Takes us closer to the top of the table, and it was important that game in hand that we got the three points. That's it. I've been following um, Saturday's game, obviously, a really convincing result up in Dingwall. Um, given it was the, the game in hand, or one of the games in hand, which at one point we weren't really sure when we were going to get it. They were talking about the fixtures being so tight with European football and international breaks and stuff that we weren't really sure when we could fit these games in. We've obviously got one more to go. Um, yeah, it was quite a tight game. It was quite a, a hard-fought game at times. Man obviously packed the defence for, for long spells of the games. But, you know, before the game, if you had said 2-1, it's an extra three points to take us closer. And you've absolutely taken that beforehand. And as James Forrest's official biographer, which I, I always like to tell people on the podcast, I think that was only his second-headed goal ever in, in his tally, which is, is fast approaching 100. But what a goal he scored. It was a brilliant goal, wasn't it? Uh, it was some really good product placement on the on the uh, podcast already. We're only a few minutes in. Yeah, James Forrest's book, you should go out and buy that as well. It's nearly Christmas. Um no, it was, a, it was a brilliant header. I think that's his third for Celtic. Um, he scored a tap-in goal a number of seasons ago. I have to go back and check the book. This is terrible. I can't remember off the top of my head. I blame being tired because I'm, I'm raising a two-year-old in the house at the moment. Um, but that one was it was a, a really, really good header, wasn't it? The, I mean, we almost expect the big guys to get up for the headers. Obviously, Shane Duffy got a second um, header in two games. He's had a great start to Celtic career so far. And an unlikely header from James Forrest, but one that any player in any position in the pitch would be proud of. And Tony, uh, Joe just touched on it there. Shane Duffy, two games, two goals. He, I think he's going to be an absolutely brilliant signing for us. I mean, he, uh, it's good to get somebody uh, who everybody knows, I think, and a guy who is so obviously happy that he's joining this football club. You know, he spoke about his dad. He lost his dad. He was a, a reasonably young man. Um, and he's just so proud and so happy and so committed. And it, it, it's just, I think it's given everybody a lift, actually. And he's, he's been great. You know, he's been absolutely brilliant. Because if you look back 
apart from the Island games, I think he's only played maybe one or two full games since the start of this year. Uh, so for him to come in and hit the ground running um, and play in a slightly different position last night as well, and then escape there with all three points, because that's really what this season's all about. It's about getting through each game, win at any cost. It doesn't have to be pretty. We don't have to score five goals. You know, I'll take 1-0 or 2-1 or 8-7 any week here. Just get out with the points. Someone on the attack now. The ball nudged out wide to the left-hand side. Edge of the box, curled into the six-yard box and Taylor forced to chest it behind. He knew there was Junior Marias looking behind him. First corner kick of the evening goes to St Mirren. There are players at the penalty spot. Forrest and Edward have stayed out of the penalty area as the ball's fired towards the edge of the six-yard box. It's knocked across and it's scrambled into the back of the net. Might have been Irwin or it could have just taken a touch off Christie, but the end result with two and a half minutes gone is a goal for the home side. Yeah, just flicked on at the, the near post here on the front part of the six-yard box and kind of spun to the back, and I think, I don't know if it was Irwin at the back, it wasn't a clean finish, but it spun away from Barkas in goal and one nil St Byrne. El Hamid challenges there, the ball knocked out of play and it's a free kick. McGregor fouled and Celtic have the first set piece opportunity. Christie on the ball, ready to swing this, left footed in, almost 21 minutes on the clock, first chance for Celtic to test the defence, the ball's played into the area, it's a chance, it's a goal, and who else? Shane Duffy, two goals, two games. Well, we just uh, spoke about it there before the free kick, you know, such a threat, great delivery in, attacks it just outside the six yard box and it's, it's one each. Fires it out wide to Chris Ayer. He seems to be all over the pitch tonight. Back again to Brown. Well, the big men have stayed up. Duffy's still looking about in the edge of the area. Christie curls it across. And it's headed back in the back of the net. Wonderful finish there. Well, I think I'll need to put my glasses on because that looks like a James Forrest James header. Forrest header. That is yeah. an absolute bullet of a header from one of the smallest players in the park. Whipped right onto his head from... Ryan Christie here, a great cross in beyond Shane Duffy to the smallest player on the pitch and he's bulleted that into the top corner, what a header. Watson Edward steps forward, fires it low and it's saved. Well, Zlamal had to be alert and pushes it behind for a corner. It's a great save, a difficult height, whipped in, coming into him low and he's just managed to get two strong hands on it and put it by for a corner. You saw Christie making that run in off the left channel at that time. McGregor didn't have the space to loft it. McGregor goes down, and there it is, a penalty. Well, he defensively, a mistake there. I think the Simmons defender was trying to shield it out of play. Full credit to Christie, he gets his body in front and forces the foul. Well, not too many complaints from St Mirren. Frustration for Jamie McGrath. A chance for Odson Edward, the French striker, the Czech goalkeeper. Odson Edward steps up. And it's saved, well, Zlamal guessed correctly and dived his right-hand side, pushed the ball away, denies the Frenchman, and it's still 2-1 Celtic. Well, Celtic edging closer to the victory. It's 2-1 the last time they were here. More comfortable, I think, but uh, they've had to fight hard for that one. There's a ball towards Ayeti. Gives it to Christie. Christie 
It's saved again by Zlamal. A good save. Well, good play there between Ayeti setting up Ryan Christie. But uh, once more, Zlamal has come to his side's rescue. The boys have got over the line, and Neil Lennon will be delighted to go back to Celtic Park with three points. Yeah, I'd take 8 7 every week if we were with them. That would be fantastic. But God, that sounds too nerve wracking for me. <laughs> but it's, it's remarkable, Tony, that you know, maybe a few weeks ago we have the two games in hand, but obviously we're a few points behind in the league. If we win on Saturday against Livingston, we go top of the table. But Rangers are playing through at Edinburgh against the Berlin on the Sunday, which is a tough game for both those sides. But suddenly things have a different complexion at the top of the Premiership. You know, things change very, very quickly in Scottish football. We were told not that long ago that we could be looking down the barrel of an 11-point gap for a period in time. And you're right, you know, if we beat Livingston, and everybody's got a different uh, objective this season. Rangers' objective clearly is to stop us winning 10 consecutive championships. You know, Hibernian and Aberdeen might be to finish third or higher or European football. And there's a whole series of other teams who are fighting to avoid relegation. So everybody's got something to play for, especially at this, at this time in the season. So it's not a formality that we're going to beat Livingston. It's a home game. We don't have a crowd. Um, and we know what that looks like because we've seen enough of these in the past few weeks. So it's not going to be a formality. I am genuinely and honestly less interested in what happens in Edinburgh. I, I say this regularly on social media. It's all about the Celtic and that's what it's all about this weekend as well. And obviously, Joe, you know, the fact that we've got the home game against Livingston who've started, you know, probably disappointingly by their standards from last season. They've, they've not really got hit the ground running. So the team must be getting into the game in full of confidence. Three points. The manager spoke about it post-match last night, about the fact it does give us the chance to get back on top of the table where we belong. Yeah, I don't think um, these players really need an incentive, but if ever there was one yet, uh, it's been a bit stop-start. I heard Scott Brown saying that on his Celtic TV Zoom call yesterday. Callum McGregor said it to myself for, for the match programme at the weekend. Um, obviously, the two games, and the two-game postponement, and international break, and it's just been, and obviously they're kind of it's been a little bit fraught as well with it, the fans being there and stuff. But to try and hit that momentum uh, and what a time to kind of start to be coming into their own good result on Saturday, good hard-fought result last night, and then Livingston, who yeah, I mean they've had a bit of a, a bit of a strange start um, last season in the three games we played them. Two each was the last one up there. Um, obviously, we get beat two 0 the, um, the first game at the Tony Macaroni Arena, but then four 0 at Celtic Park and. Um, in the second of the three games, so I'd gladly take another result with that. Um, but as Tony said, you know, take one nil. I don't know if I go eight seven. I don't know if my nails could could handle that over the course of ninety minutes. But yeah, any result that sees us with the three points and and it's off the league would be more than ideal. And keeping up with the whole idea of product placement, and we were speaking of Shane Duffy. The latest issue of the Celtic View is out now. Head boy Shane Duffy. It's a great. Image actually of from his first goal at Ross County, obviously just glancing to heaven, and, and as you said, Tony, just you know, sadly his, his dad had passed away not that long ago, and I'm sure he's you know he's looking down, very proud of his son, and you wouldn't bet against Shane Duffy making it three out of three on Saturday afternoon. I mean, I think I think for the first time in a long time we we look as if we're a threat at set pieces. Uh, I don't think we could have said that you know regularly uh, up until this point. 
and that and that's good because it's not just him it's Ayer and and big Chris Julian as well so we've got a real a real chance at set pieces now uh, I, I honestly don't care who scores the goals or what they look like uh, I think I will be um, astonished if, if I come through this season intact because my nerves are very very fraught already and we're just at the very early stages of this Now obviously uh, we wanted to get you on to talk about football but more than that we want to talk about well two things first of all just to dispel this idea that you have a face for radio but also we want to, I, I think one of the, the, the things that we should be always heralding shouting from the rooftops is Celtic FC Foundation, but particularly over the last few months, the work that the foundation has done for me has been extraordinary. The, the amount of money that's been raised through the work of the guys at the foundation, through our supporters near and far, well over £700,000, going to the people who need it most in terms of, of you know, the kind of services that have been provided, but also NHS frontline staff. And, you know, obviously it's an ongoing work for you and, and all the guys at the foundation, but you, you must be pleased with this, obviously the response that supporters have given when you, you launched the Football for Good Fund. I think the the uh, the work of the, the foundation since March is a real credit, as you've mentioned, Paul, to the supporters, not just in, in Glasgow, but, you know, the Celtic supporters across the world. It's also a credit to the people at the football club who've contributed and who facilitated this and made it possible. And clearly to, you know, a whole series of other parts of the population, the foundation trustees, for example, and a, a network of people that were, that were lucky to have across the world because of what Celtic means to people. Uh, and we're very, very grateful for that. So, uh, you know, it's not just at the point where we've been doing this football for good fun for six months and it's time to go back to normal. Uh, that's not on the horizon at the moment. So football for good is probably going to roll into our annual Christmas appeal, which is, you know, normally a big focus for us. And that will continue for the rest of this calendar year. And what a year 2020 has been, huh? Well, it has been unique, it has to be said. One of the things, there's various things I wanted to mention. The first one that's, that's on the horizon, just ahead of, as, as we look forward to the Livingston game, uh, you have an habitual food drive. You've obviously had in the past actual food drives where there's been collections for food banks. They've been very well, uh, you know, fans have really supported them. This time, obviously, there's no supporters, but you want people to, there's a Just Giving page, people can donate what they can in order for, again, through your partnerships with food banks in order to, to then buy the, the necessary food to help people. Yeah, there's a, there's a news story on CelticFC.net and I'm, I'm sure there'll be a, a reminder on, on the club website and through, through the social channels between now and, and Saturday. And if people can contribute to that, that that's great. That's, the, you know, that's fantastic. A lot of people who will be listening to us and reading that story will be the people who sadly in this environment in this climate need some help and I'm really really mindful that we're continually while we're doing these things and we're trying to put food on people's tables we're also constantly asking people for things I'm really aware of that I genuinely have that awareness whether it's the football department or whether it's supporters or you know, whoever else it is, I'm really, really switched on to the fact that not everybody can help, you know, all of the time. So if people can do what they can, that would be first class. 
Now, if you're either listening to this podcast or watching the podcast, if you're a season ticket holder and you'll be tuning in on Saturday for the game, uh, obviously the game kicks off at three o'clock. From about one o'clock, if you're tuning in, not only will you get a chance to uh, watch us again, which is obviously a bonus, but Liam McGrandles is going to be playing a, a kind of a gig for half an hour. That'll all be happening ahead of the, the, the pre-match show, which will start at half past two. So it's well worth tuning in early, and there'll also be details of where you can you can tune in, where you can also donate to football for good as well. So it's certainly tune in early, uh, give early, give often, and I suppose that's the, the message for supporters. Absolutely, and Liam is an, another example of a, a you know a, a guy who's been a great help for us at Celtic FC Foundation over the years. He's involved in a, a lot of our events. We've got an annual New York event, which is a, a virtual New York event this year. Um, and he's helping with that as well. And it's great that he's going to come and do this this uh, this pre-match show on, on Saturday. And hopefully we can make a difference. As you mentioned, Paul, we've got a partnership with the Glasgow North East Food Bank, which is run at the Church of Scotland in Helen Vale Street here. Um, and... Uh, you know, the feedback from the community, whether it's the food bank or other parts of the community, is that people are really struggling at the moment, really, really struggling. People are worried. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, to use the phrase consumer confidence, people are worried about two things here. They're worried about health, their own health, their family's health, going out, you know, getting COVID, the chances of getting it. And they're also worried about wealth in terms of they've lost their job or they're losing their job or they're maybe long-term furlough and they don't know what the future looks like. So there's so much uncertainty. So again, for those who are in a position to help, we'd be really, really grateful. And Joe, you know, I, I know we've had conversations in the office before about, about the work of the foundation, particularly, I think, over the last few months of Football for Good and just the, the amount of money that's been raised to, to help people. And I think as supporters, first and foremost, I'm sure everybody who's watching or listening, there's, there's a real sense of pride in, in what has been done in the club's name. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's remarkable what the what you guys do at the Celtic FC Foundation, Tony. I think um, I think it, one of one of the great things about having you on this podcast is not just to talk about the great stuff that you're doing, but I think that um, when we don't have the football, certainly um, as a fan who fortunate enough to be able to work through you know everything that's been going on in um, the, the middle of the pandemic and, and my family are in a, a pretty good place um, but it's easy to forget the work that you guys do when you're not at the football when you're not seeing you know everybody wearing the badges every weekend or with the collection buckets or you know the, the, the food drives in person to have you on to just be you know, gently reminded it's good for um, people like myself who yeah I definitely will be donating as, as, as we move forward and just to continue to keep the while the charity going. And I say we're in a false position where we can host the stories on the website and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just good to, whilst we're feeling a wee bit disconnected from everything, it's good to you know, have you on and, and just remember the great work that the charity is doing as well and how we can be involved as fans ongoing as well. And one of the things I should mention, obviously for people who are listening to this, again, you just have to take my word for it, but people who are watching it, you may be wondering what the, the, the picture is that just to behind Tony's left shoulder. And it, it, I have to say, it's one of my favourite goals I've ever seen at Celtic Park. And out of the three of us, there's only one man who's actually scored at Celtic Park. And <laughs> uh, Tony, I, that, I know that... Uh, is that in the shot? That's remarkable. That's <laughs> it's just a coincidence. It was a, a last-minute header. It was... Uh, 
it was a real penalty box instincts. I, I genuinely, it is one of my favourite ever goals. It was a charity match that we had that was raising money for the foundation. I was at the back, you were, you were up front, uh, I think because you couldn't run back, but certainly it's been on mugs, it's been on, I think, T-shirts, key rings, you name it. But you, you, obviously it's something you must be very proud of. It's the only it's the only thing I've ever achieved in a football park in my entire life, and I'm the wrong side of fifty now. I, I went to St Paul's School in Toll Cross as a kid, and I made my debut for the 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 school team in 1975 or 76, and we played Mount Vernon, who were the local team, and the uh, I came on, scored two own goals, we get beat three two. And Mr. Gillen, who was the teacher, never spoke to me again. For the, t- the rest of the time I was at the school, he never even looked at me. So I hadn't done anything for 40 years until that goal. So uh, that's why... Did you say, did you say it was a header, Tony? Did you say it was a header? Well, as a he- it was a header. It was a corner and a header. And uh, I got away from Jock next day, who had tried to half me about a minute before. I got away from him and scored. And uh, I'll listen... I'll dine out in that, Joe, for the rest of my life. I find it interesting you were saying earlier about how we've got an aerial threat in the first team now, and that maybe wasn't the case in recent years. Were you referring back to this head of the years? I think that's taken it a little bit far. Well, so Tony Hamilton scored more goals at Celtic Park than Alfredo Morelos. <laughs> <laughs> you could put that on a T-shirt. One of the other things, Tony, that's, that's coming up again for the foundation, and it's the weekend of October the 24th, 25th. I think we're at Petaudry on the 24th, and it's called the, the Walford Wander. And again, what you're doing is you're asking people to either choose a, a 10K distance, a half marathon, or any distance that they choose, and register and then raise money. And it's kind of, again, I think it's a good way of getting people out, fresh air, exercise, and raising money for the foundation. Yeah, we're going to do it here. The foundation team, the entire team, and we're, I'm in the office, but everybody's working. Uh, those who are working are working remotely at the moment. So we, we have these Zoom calls and we haven't really seen each other. So we're we're going to do it as a group, socially distanced in small numbers within whatever the the uh, the laws of the day are. Uh, so we're going to do something as well. Um, I don't know how much I'll be able to do because one of my knees is made out of an old washed up liquid bottle and some <laughs> sticky back plastic. Uh, but I'll, I'll do I'll do what I can. I think we're going to try and do, uh, you know, ten miles or some. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't even want to look at it because I'll just worry about it for another month. Joe, that's maybe something that you and I and, and the rest of the, the Celtic View team will have to have a, a, a socially distant or, or Zoom call chat about to. To do something as well, because I think I think it's good if everybody can can play their part. And I know it's been something that you know in this time of the year, it's all these events. I think the story said, you know, for example, the Great Scottish Run or the Edinburgh Marathon. Those are events that normally loads of our supporters will take part in and raise money for. So it's a way of trying to to allow people still to to do their bits. I think that's what supporters want to do, Joe. It's just they want to play their part in whatever way they can. Yeah, I think that's it. I think like uncertainty and the new norm is the, is the phrase that we, we keep hearing. And yeah, and that's kind of what I was touching upon earlier in the sense that um, whilst I would always, I personally would always try and donate to the foundation at the events which are held at Celtic Park, because we're not having those, it's just keeping up to speed with how do we donate, how do we keep ourselves involved in charity. And whilst nobody um, would have wished any of, of what's been happening in 2020, on as this time last year or whatever, 
one of the things in terms of looking at the positives from bad situations is that sense of community, which we're, we're seeing, um, you know, up and down the country, and particularly around football. Um, and I think when you're bringing the charitable elements into it, I think, I think even if maybe if a fan wasn't aware that something was going on, like you're saying, the, the runs and walks and stuff like that, but as soon as they become aware, I think in order to still feel that connectedness with the club and the charitable aspects, I dare say fans will be really desperate to be involved. Great. And the other great story, Tony, that I think over the last couple of weeks, and you know, when I read it, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. Was the the money that has been given to Mary's Meals, you know, just to over and above the, I think it was over three hundred sixty-five thousand in the initial investment with the sixty-seven kitchens uh, over, in, you know, in Africa. I think it's like is it forty-seven in Malawi, twenty in Zambia, another hundred thousand. And I think for me, it's that sense that you know. We always look outwards, you know, that Celtic is a global name, but our concern has always been beyond just our, our own community. And that's the heart of, of the club, it's the heart of the supporters. The Mary's Meals is a, a great story, actually. It takes us back to, to 2017, where we had this Lions Legacy campaign to, you know, commemorate the 50th anniversary. And we took a few of the Lions to Lisbon and we had a series of events, including a big dinner in London. and. Gerard Burns, who's a, a Scottish artist and a great friend of ours, did this uh, painting, which is in the boardroom now, uh, which we sold and the, the owner gave us it back to hang in the boardroom. Uh, and supporters clubs really across the world have contributed magnificently to this. So that's that. the real credit uh, goes to, to, you know, to Gerard and to the Lions and to the supporters clubs. But uh, to keep that going through this, but, you know, COVID... And football for good is definitely our, our primary focus right now. But just to be able to keep this going and say that we can look beyond, you know, beyond ourselves right now uh, is, is something that I think every Celtic supporter should be really proud of. And we're, we're close to half a million quid with Mary's Meals now. And those 40-odd thousand kids getting fed every day is a, a direct result of, of that happening. Because I always think that's a great partnership because I think Mary's Meals is a great charity as well and and what they do and and I think that just it fits perfectly I think with what Celtic FC Foundation are doing as well. Yeah you know what I like about Mary's Meals is it's it's not complicated and it's not clever it, what they do is they say to kids if you come uh, to get fed we'll get you an education or if you come and get an education we'll feed you so uh, it's just as simple as that. It's no any more complicated than that. Joe, and all, all, again, you know, just touching on the fact that we're looking beyond our shores, and I think sometimes, and you see elsewhere, can, can we sometimes a sense of looking with suspicion at people from other countries either want to come here. I think, but again, part of their, their DNA is, I think that might be a Neil Lennon phone to see if you're ready as a penalty box striker. <laughs> 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 but you know that idea of like you know we are born of of Irish immigration to Glasgow, but we've always welcomed people from other countries, but also again are always out of looking to help those who need it most, regardless of where that is and regardless of who they are. Yeah, that's the DNA of the club, isn't it? A club for all, and, and again, everything that you've said in this podcast, Tony, it's it's so admirable, um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think that yeah, like I said before about. It is a time where everybody's really struggling in some way or form. Some people are a lot worse off than others. And, and whether that's 
you know, your next door neighbour or if it's somebody in a different country, this is a global pandemic. So, you know, charitable aspects of, of charities all over the world, you know, like the world needs it. Um, and it is, yeah, it's so, it makes me proud to be a Celtic supporter that we've got that reach, you know, on our doorstep and also in, in countries beyond. Joe, we're going to just turn back briefly to the football before we finish up. Probably by the time this podcast comes out, we'll know where we're heading next week in our next stage of our European campaign. It's Riga versus Trefiore. So Latvian side versus San Marino. It's Thursday. It's a one-off tie. So we're either going to Latvia or San Marino. Is it a preference or is it, you know, either side going to be, especially being away and having to travel, going to be equally tricky? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think the Ferenc Varos game, as disappointing as it was, probably showed us that these games, one-off games, whilst we can say it must be difficult with no fans or the fact that it is only one tie, when you see it in practice, uh, like the, the, the last game in the Champions League qualifier were unsuccessful, you can see how challenging it can be. Um, and travelling obviously makes that a little bit more difficult. I think that players and the manager and the backroom staff will use the last disappointing result and think back to the really successful, um, particularly group stage campaign that we had in Europa League last year. They were going to do everything. So no matter where they go, I'm sure that they'll be going with the focus and determination to, to get the win there. I suppose, Tony, I know that the, you know, the focus for all of us as supporters is the, is the league and, and, and getting the 10, but still important for the team. We saw it last season with that Europa League group stage campaign that we had, the boost that the team can get uh, from a good European run as well? I think uh, it's part of who we are here. Uh, you know, big European nights, which, you know, look a, a wee bit further up the park at the moment, but it's still great to have the football here. You're right, the priority clearly is to go and win the league, win 10 in a row, uh, but it would be really painful for everybody at the football club, I'm sure, if we if we never had European football of some sort. And I would be astonished if we're not going to if we're not going to Latvia. Well we shall we we'll shall see shortly. I'm going to ask you finally, we're going to finish off by looking back at that Joe mentioned it earlier on, the four 0 victory over Livingston the last time they were at Celtic Park. But I'm going to finish by putting you on the spot for a prediction. You can say seven if you want. It's probably unlikely, but it would be remarkable. I uh, I always think Celtic are going to win, no matter who we're playing or where we're playing them. That's the starting point. And I, I tend to go for 3-0, so I'll, I'll stick with that. I think um, Livingston's strength is playing at home against the teams who don't play in plastic pitches. I think that's really their strength. I'm not saying that they're not dangerous away from home, but they tend to fare better at home against the rest of the league, uh, apart from Kilmarnock and Hamilton, who, who are equipped to play on that, uh, I think will be too strong for them. There's too much at stake here. You can apply that to every game between now and the end of the season, but I think Celtic will be too strong and it'll be 3-0 for Neil Lennon's team. 3-0. And Joe, I know you've spoke to Callum McGregor for the, the March programme on Sunday, which again, for season ticket holders, they'll be able to access the digital version of that. And what's your thoughts for the game? I think it will be, I don't know, I never ever get these right. I think 1-0, and I think that Callum McGregor will score, which will be his uh, 50th goal for Celtic, because he's sitting on the cusp of that milestone. Um, nah, I don't, I don't know. 8-7, ah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go for 4-0. 
as I, I said earlier on, if you if you are a season ticket holder and you're listening or you're watching this, if you want to tune in early from about one-ish on Saturday, not only will you be able to watch this podcast again, but Liam McGrandles is going to be playing for about half an hour or so. It's all part of the fundraising drive for Celtic AFC Foundation. There is a virtual food drive, which is happening this weekend. There'll be details on the, the website, and obviously there'll be details on this podcast and also from Liam McGrandles' set at the weekend where you can d- donate and it helps the work of the foundation in partnership with Glasgow North East Food Bank. Tony, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Apart from anything else, it gave you a chance to relive that memorable moment at Celtic Park when you scored a goal. Listen, I find a I find an opportunity every day to talk to somebody about that. To be honest, but oh, is that in short? Oh, oh, how did that end up there? Oh, come on. Thanks for having me on, and uh, can I just say thanks to your listeners and readers and viewers, everybody who's supported football for good to this point, and everybody who's going to support it between now and the end of the year. Thanks very, very much. Well, that's a good way to finish the podcast. Uh, we are now going to. Sign off with those four goals that Celtic scored against Livingston the last time they visited Paradise. Played from Callum McGregor, plays a foster, left-footed, floats it up towards the halfway line. He's looking for Odson Edward. He's challenged there by Lamy. And Celtic, Rodgers tries to thread that one through towards Odson Edward. He's on the side, he clips it. Wonderful skill from the Frenchman. It's goal number 14. It's goal number 10 in the league. What a man that is in form as Edward clean through and if you want somebody to be having on the ball one and one with the goalkeeper you want it and this guy who is in the top draw form just now wonderful pass that through pass it was from Tom Rogers just whether it could get by Lamy it did and then you knew Edward was going to put that in the back of the net here comes Celtic again with McGregor switch it to Taylor now he managed to get it onto his left foot but denied by the woodwork Forrest to the area, starts it inside towards Christie, across now to Brown, Brown takes a touch, takes a shot, he takes a deflection, and there is the Brunier again, and Celtic leads by two goals to all, to now and it's the captain with the strike. Well, I've been great for me to get it, he's 550, he's been at 551st, and that was absolutely, we had Taylor made from my promise, I think it did take a big deflection, he's not complaining, Celebrating as always put him in the top corner and he'll take the adulations. But uh, as I say, they kind of go that we thought we could have got the second half. And off the knee of uh, Gersman, was it here? Celtic again, a chance for Jimmy Frimpong. Could he score his second goal for Celtic? He's through on goal, chance for Frimpong. He blasts it, the goalkeeper. He breaks the walls, Forrest volleys it! Jeremy, right towards goal. He tried to hit it high. Looked to go, he's down. He's 
Griffiths. Back out for that one. Celtic with four minutes to try and get another goal. The ball through. It's a chance for Forrest. Can he get his second of the afternoon? Forrest. He does. James Forrest shoots. James Forrest scores. And Celtic lead by four goals to nil. And that's probably a true reflection on the gulf between the teams today. James Forrest showing great composure as he's banging through on goal. Uh, clean through, one and one. Goalkeeper, absolutely no chance. James Forrest getting the second goal of the day and uh, more of a reflective cheer performance. Wonderful play it was initially from Ryan Christie. The interception, it was a poor pass. Admittedly from the Livingston player, I'm not sure who that was, but Ryan Christie was on to the flash. And four now, absolutely fantastic.